the Podjectivity Network. idea is to do like a post-covid formal where we (laughs) post-covid so it's like a prom essentially and it's the the music that i'm envisioning is like fun up-tempo dance numbers and then slow like phil collins ballady slow dancing songs like it it doesn't have to be strictly 80s themed stuff but but I'm, i would man the punch bowl oh that would be my job gotta be a punch bowl <laughs> and the thing that brought it to mind was like even if i rent a tuxedo of some oh kind, my god okay. or go to the costume shop and get something ridiculous informal if i don't have a date at that point you, the little diorama thing where you get your pictures taken there'd have to be a couple of those stations oh. and just like you and i could, <laughs> I could after you were done with your thing with your hands together. Like, oh my God. With your wrist corsage turned upward. <laughs> exactly. One from the side. Or with know. the arms around the waist. <laughs> Very timidly, like. Awkwardly. Oh my yeah. God. I'd have to get one with so many friends, you know, just. You'd be bombing everybody's. Yeah, exactly. Aaron and Joe, I'd be in there. <laughs> But a formal of some kind, a dance out there, I think would be great fun. Would it be like an open mic? Would there be a house band no. or a DJ or what? No, for this, I'm 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 envisioning, you know, tight kind of jamly sort of set list, and then you know, so there'd be a live component. And then we could so just... jamly's playing songs. Yeah, I think the live band aspect of it would be fun. And, you know, multiple people could get involved, but I don't want it to be so sloppy. Like, I would want us to rehearse a little bit mm. leading up to wow. it together. Mm. So that, you know, people And like, come, come one, come all. Like, anybody can come as long as you're dressed to be in a prom. Well, I think that would be fun. Yeah, but I wouldn't even prom. make that mandatory. Just the idea of putting streamers and magic you know and some lights in the, in a shed, in a farm shed, and building these that's dioramas. That's a good size. That's a good size building. You know what would be funny is if... But not cavernous. It, yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's still intimate a little bit, too. It, the, yeah. If the women showed up dressing the way girls dress for prom today, which would be hyper slutty. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, would, I don't know what that looks like. Hyper what slutty? What girls wear to prom? Right. I have four sons. Prom is. They never went to prom. Tangentially, uh, Xavier went to prom with a bunch of his buddies, because there's not enough dates. Like, there's not enough girls in Deerfield. The girl, well, girls always date up. They don't date guys in their class. They date guys up. They date up, or guys from different schools. Are your sons telling you this as to why they don't have dates? How it works. What? You grew up in America. You grew up in America, right? (laughs) I dated people my own age. Okay. In high school. That's rare. 
Do I you guess really it, think it's so? pretty rare at Deerfield? But okay. Deerfield's really small too, and it's almost like dating your sister kind of. I think I think there's an aspect of that. Like I went to Portage where there was a hundred and thirty kids in my class, so not you know not huge, but when your whole class is like forty people, though, the good-looking candidates would get poached essentially by upperclassmen. That's yeah, a thing. Some, there's some poaching. Yeah, that was definitely a thing that happened. I mean, my brother poached, as it were, my girlfriend. Oh my god! At oh, one point, that's which kind was of weird. Against bro, what do you call that? Bro code. Bro code. Bro code. Right. In a sense. I'm surprised you. You know what? Him. I was more upset with her than I was with that's my brother. That's so typical. You should Is be upset it? with him. Yes. Yeah, you're like. I expect this out of you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> but you. <laughs> I thought we had something. You're holding my heart. In your your hands. brother, he betrayed you way worse. Betrayed. Betrayal. She made out with me, though. You know, like <laughs> we had a moment. That was my first kiss, too. So mm. whatever. Like, I was just while like. While he was stealing her? Did that mean? <laughs> yeah. She, she directly after the kiss, she walked into his arms. No, it wasn't quite. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> and now you. <laughs> You? Now you. No, he had a car. He had a Camaro. And, you know, he was older. And I was just in eighth grade still at that point. So I, and she was kind of, she was coming into being a freshman. So how do you compete? You don't. And I, I so I was this just. This sounds twisted. This is a twisted. This is some small town shit maybe that you just can't relate to because you come so. from big. Yeah, my high school had 2,000 people. Okay. Yeah. Tell us. That's a strange dynamic. It's just kind of, there's only a small pool of people to choose from. So. Yeah. Hmm. And you're saying girls date up. Girls date up. In in age. Yes. Hmm. I suppose part of Not why. Exclusively, so then are a bunch of college freshmen coming but to that is the, the prom for like, the senior girls? That's kind of, I'm just getting it from first hand, like from Xavier. Would you but. ever go to a prom as a college freshman? Come back to high school to go to It your, happened, but I, not often. I wouldn't, but. By that time, you know, the guy had probably just moved on to college girls and discarded his high school sweetheart. Well, then how does the senior girl date up? If- senior girls don't date up. It's the underclassmen. And, and, and the reason that that happens is because this, there's... I need a diagram. I need like a chart or a diagram. A bracket? <laughs> I need a bracket. Senior girls don't date up, but underclassmen do. And it's because there's only... There's such a limited pool of attractive candidates in your class. All right. You guys are making it sound like every class is made up of a bunch of hillbilly like <laughs> freaks. And there's like three or four good looking people in the whole class. No, it's not. It's not that there's 300 freaks and three attractive people. There's just like 30 people in this class, period. Okay. So of that small pool... Attractive candidates get snatched up. Oh, okay. You don't mean attractive, like hot. You mean attractive, like smart, easy to talk to, like attractive? It it was more shallow than that in high school a lot of times. I think let's just say like, you know. Oh, God. I remember uh, being so. Okay, Sweet Valley High. (laughs) I remember being burning, burning angry with my guy friends sophomore year and beyond. Not so much freshman year. Just, they were such fucking idiots with the big, like, oh, the big tits, and she's got such beautiful big tits, and like, 
look at that ass and blah 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 and i'm like you guys are such morons get a hold of yourselves so frustrating just, yeah I didn't this want, is what you're talking about i didn't want to say big boobs but like it's yeah like, it's like, my girlfriend I, had great boobs and I, and well uh, and my brother recognized that and the you know the the other great boobs <laughs> in his immediate field were spoken for as it were and okay. so he had to this is is this a dysfunction of the male brain at that age it just is a dysfunction you're 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 implying that that women Looks. at that age aren't shallow or don't care about that or you know I mean, I've heard the whole thing at science that women develop earlier than men. And, you know, this is probably... A- I don't think women are going around being like, look at his package. No, his package is bigger. Look at... I mean... Oh, so women don't what? admire men's bodies? <laughs> Sorry. Not what? not in the same way that I heard my, my fellow male counterparts. They were obsessed. 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 Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, biology, to a degree, testosterone. I don't buy it. Does something do with it? Uh, where, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> well, women are a much more visual medium than men are. Curvier and yeah. such. Some it's women are, biology. but some aren't. Some women are like... Apple shaped, and some women are right straw so. shaped. And what is it about us? Banana shaped. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some evolutionary <laughs> instinct at play here that we happen to be attracted to a certain figure, a certain shape. Maybe is there is it or is it all cultural that we just got shown pictures of Marilyn Monroe? I don't know. And that became. You know, desirable. I don't know. I'm thinking back. Mm. Go on, Dan. Well, uh, you, you y- go. You sh- shot me a look like I was responsible for this. Like, I did. So, what did you do? That doesn't um, sound like me. I was uh, I was not even in the game. Because you hadn't developed, I yeah, I was in like tenth grade and was like five feet tall and eighty two pounds, and I wasn't even in the game to be sort of considered by the females of the of the tribe. Yeah, I was a quaint, humorous, well intentioned uh, entry, but I was not, I was not in the in the in the race even for. Getting girls, uh, yeah, as it were. No. I think part of pro- I'm now I'm self-examining. Mm. I think part of my rage is because I was still in gymnastics at that time. So you're in a leotard in front of the entire school, everyone, the boy you like, the boy, dude. You know, like how do you do that? Well, I think about swimming. Swimmers do it too. Yeah, how do you do that? You can't conceal what you secure. don't have at that point, or you're just. I exposed. didn't have any. I mean, I've never been buxom with like great tits. Booming system up top. Right, not me. She's big but north of the border. <laughs> it's really highlighted 
when you're in like a skin tight leotard and like you're already super insecure. So I think I'm lashing out at you guys probably because it was around that time where all of my guy friends were like, hey, nice rack on Lisa. Thanks for admitting it. Whoa. You know, how do I get that? Would you be less resentful had you been born with a great rack? Who knows? I might then be saying, oh, I wish I had brown hair instead of blonde hair. Mm. The insecurity at that age during that time in particular where there wasn't really a there wasn't really a lot of regulation in terms of what was being fed to young girls and their self-esteems were like crashing into the ground because mm. of all the messaging mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's probably hopefully a little better today where diversity is sort of celebrated and body shapes and it's right. more like, I don't know. Less woke more think? like yeah it's gotten woke yeah i assume it has but i don't know what it's really like well so much of that time of dating too can just be like uh you're just running on instinct so much you don't really know what the fuck you're doing so it can just be a matter of like oh she thinks i'm funny she's responsive well we'll <laughs> I'll I'll take her out, I guess. And, well, that didn't go very well. That was awkward. So I guess I'll, you know, try somebody else. Her friend said that she thinks that I'm cute. So maybe I should act on that. Or, you know, yeah, there's there's not totally. like a great, there's, there's not a great plan or method to, you know, who you're dating or who you're seeing at that point so much. It's just like, uh. Yeah, I dated who we just, my friend said. Middle school, high me. school here. Just say somewhere in there. And. Yeah. I'm going to guess, well, I'm not going to guess. Pretty open with pretty open with your parents about like I like a girl or I like a guy, none of that. No. Cuz it was so you're doing all of this without any guidance. Correct. At all. You except you to- your friends. You completely black box it and you're taking advice from even dumber people. Correct. Equally to even dumber people. Right. To act on your your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like my kids your all of our kids like we talk openly about stuff like that they're not super ashamed yeah. to like come to us That's because better. we're not religious judgy they have the internet as well yeah they have the internet for fuck's sake so they yeah it's everything is so much more open but we were just operating in this like well i saw this on the young and the restless so i'm going to go for it <laughs> seems like she's into it i remember my boyfriend who was the biggest asshole sophomore year he's like I'm going to teach you how to French kiss. And Whoa. I was like, mm, no. No, <laughs> thanks. like, here's how you do it. <laughs> just oh, like, just laid it gross. on you. He was the worst. Man, that's too bad. But you're right. Yeah. No, it's not like I had. I remember hearing people talk about French kissing. I had no idea what it was. No idea. Like, where would you even go for that information? Not to your mom. Not to your sister like you just i had a precocious buddy your buddies a, yeah a year ahead of me who just like was charming and got you know was rounding the bases before i was even up at bat and i would make him describe in detail like okay now tell me what happened no 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 stop 
I mean, he, he could have literally told you anything. Yeah, yeah, he could have, but he was super honest too. Oh, that's nice. And he was the first guy we were all Catholic who was like, "Hey, guys, masturbation isn't a sin. It feels great. <laughs> I do it all the time." <laughs> Wait, that was the immigrant guy, right? Well, his mom was from Panama. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Marcos. Uh, so, so he was very patient with me when I was like, "Okay, so the bra. Tell me about navigating this." And did it snap from the back, the front? And, you know, like, what was it like? Was it, did she help you with that? Do you do it all by yourself? It was dark. Talk to me. And he would, you know, he would think it was hilarious, the level of detail that I would. Oh, my God, he sounds so sweet. He he was and is still. A couple things. Uh, Big boob girl? Yeah. In your school? Lisa. Did she... Do you think Lisa, middle and last name, please? Do you do you think Lisa <laughs> suffered? Now, she was the big boob girl in school, but is there is um, there a price to be I paid for that? I know another big boob girl. That and now we're all older, and all we like kind of know better. But like another big boob girl. Ha- yes, she she absolutely suffered because she was also in gymnastics. She had to put on two bras. Wow. In order to feel, and that didn't even secure. No, and the... she was super self-conscious. Really, always ho- oh, shoulders God. hunched, and yeah, not yeah. There wasn't a lot of pride, a lot oh of body God. pride. Then mm-hmm. you also have to just feel like you're being exploited for some lustful mm-hmm. purpose. Like you're not. You know, the guys that you date or that you're that are into you at that point are just trying to get their hands on your boobs. Oh, God. Just looking at your boobs the whole and time. Just like, hey, Lisa. <laughs> Dude, you maybe want to like go to the, the, right. the, booty, the I would, movies. I would imagine that is kind of a gift of not being like a super hot babe is you don't really have to worry about that. I mean, if you're small chested, Guys are still going to be interested in high school. Guys are back then, I should say. Guys were still going to be interested in your boobs, but it wasn't the reason they were going out with you to begin Mm. with. You know what I mean? There was most likely another reason. They thought you were cool or they thought you were funny. Or Whereas if you're the big boob girl, you're always wondering, are they just going out with me because they want to touch my boobs? I imagine. And and, uh, boy, here we go. After school special time uh, with Dan. (laughs) But like the the other girls in the in your grade in your class, yeah, are like, man, big boob girl is so lucky. No. She has those huge boobs, and then big boob girl is like, it's a fucking nightmare. Like, uh, men look at my chest. Ugh. Everyone in school does, and then I go Teach- to the grocery store, teachers. and men look at my chest. I distinctly remember one. Like, so it's not so great. Everybody eyeballing. Yeah. I hit the lottery, but now this is like all anybody knows about me uh, so there's yeah. got to be some of that wow yeah it's like uh if i may make the leap to how much can you complain about or how much of a curse is it to be you know to be cursed with with good looks and be extremely attractive like there's all sorts of advantages and ways that you can leverage this power that you have over people yeah um and you know you you almost can't have it both ways. Like if you enjoy the attention 
and you and you uh, there and you uh, ah. you know benefit capitalize. in all of these ways or capitalize in, in all yeah. these ways like is but it you have to be confident enough though to recognize that you're because a lot of girls views of themselves are distorted sure so they don't see themselves as hot or super beautiful even though they might be I'm, Amy Poehler wrote something about that. I think I mentioned this to you guys. Because you have these huge boobs, but you're like, oh, I hate my blank. Yeah. Oh, I hate my hips. Oh, God, I hate right. my whatever. Yeah. She was saying she knew she wasn't the prettiest girl in the room, and she would never be the prettiest girl in the room. But she knew she could also be the funniest girl in the room, and that's better because you don't lose funny as you age. And mm. she saw a lot of women around her losing their looks a little bit or getting wrinkles or a little bit saggy in certain places and what it did to their sense of self sense of self because they had lived a certain way in youth and then something changes and that I think is why you see all these celebrities injecting their faces with all this shit and sculpting their bodies with knives and stuff because they're trying to they, they have been beautiful. They've been the b- young, beautiful girl in the room for so long that they, they don't know how to shift out of that to say, I'm also all these other things. I'm wondering how you, if, it, if it's even possible to sort of divide just genuine appreciation for, for a beautiful body and all of the sort of, oh, it's so loaded you know, to even make a comment in these post me two times. Yeah. And also just knowing what you said, like there's a reason that so many women's, not that men don't have body dysmorphia or that they don't, that like that doesn't happen as well, but predominantly women, it's just a byproduct of discrimination and oppression. And, you know, it's, it's so loaded up with, you know, well, yeah, with, with so many negative connotations that, you know, it's almost like there's no room to, in good conscience, say, that's a beautiful woman, you know, or, yeah, you know. Yes, or, I, I struggle with that, too. appreciation because it's, it's been. There's something to be said for, you know, for beauty. Just Uma Thurman, beautiful, symmetrical, great features. Like, like yeah, a it's a beautiful person to say that but then there's the whole other thing of trying to train a whole gender to stop looking at that to, to stop like what you said earlier you're like well women are brilliant yes the fairer sex or what What did you say you said they're more visually more, uh, more of a visual medium more of a visual medium which is I think exactly how you have to stop thinking about women because then it's not, then women will continue to think they have to appear beautiful and appear striking because Mm. they're a visual medium expected to be basically. Well, like the, I yeah, I think the sticking point is that a woman's value historically has been so tied to and determined, but limited to their physical features that you can't, you can't comment or you can't really discuss that now without touching a nerve. And, 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 and it's like, um, 
How do you give a compliment to a... Yeah. So, like, if you're dating or something, is it okay to say, wow, you look really nice? How much do women... I I don't know. I think as long as a... I think as long as a woman gets a sense and and i'll speak for women here because i should please, even please. though we have one in the room uh allow me chris to tell you i love when you mansplain things yes as i'm sitting here that's um, wonderful but if if you got a sense that like this guy and, and and he doesn't just compliment your body but he's like wow you're really funny you're really smart blah 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 if you're that, guys say that to me all the time so. well yeah sure so that's <laughs> if it's so it's context you know, it's not like you don't. Is there no part of you that doesn't enjoy hearing someone describe your physical? Don't you think everyone is pretty? Does? Like, yeah, like so. But if that's all, your boyfriend, whatever it was, like, uh, man, you're so hot, and never said uh, anything about. That would be the worst. Okay, but it's all right if it's, you know, balanced is it? with. I don't know. With an overall appreciation, a balance. You're looking over here for answers. What I? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? About what? About. Is it okay to tell a woman that she's pretty, as long as, or beautiful, as long as you're also saying like, "And I respect your mind." And, <laughs> well, uh, I'm not really out in the scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but you are. You're married. I am married to a woman, and. Uh, yeah, I think that's you can't just constantly compliment her on her appearance. Yeah. There's way more to life than that. So what we do with Esme and what we've been taught to do, Esme's three, our daughter, is we avoid almost at all costs using the words cute, pretty, um anything that's like uh going to be speaking directly to her appearance and instead we do a lot of you're so creative wow I bet that dress is really fun to run in or like look at how you know because she'll turn around she'll be like but 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 (laughs) she's three yeah okay but but you know naked around the house we'll be like yeah isn't your butt great but we would never say your butt's so cute or like Mm. we don't or I don't, there's no visual reference at all because I don't want any seeds planted that her body is there to be viewed. Her body is there Exploited. for, fu- it's for function. And if I can plant the seeds that it's function first, I've heard that that can be helpful with self-esteem for girls growing up. Hmm. I have really no idea what my boys are how they're handling things these days because we are in such a small town hmm. so there isn't a big pool do they, to, to you don't draw have, from you don't have to talk about it but do they date? and there's the dating up thing yeah um not really no no and they never went to school dances you said very very little and it's very common in deerfield for a bunch of guys to get a limo and go to the homecoming or prom yeah or because there is no dates. There is no dating. Hmm. But it opens up a whole bunch of other... There's the... Are, are teenage boys uh, afraid to talk to the girls? Are they freaked out? Are they me-tooed? Are, uh, they, running, are they running scared? I would think, or, yeah. And then 
all the stereotypes like boys sit around with headphones on and play video games together all night long like it's not and at the same time a lot of boys don't care to get a driver's license anymore Hmm. similarly they don't they're not interested in the same things as we were when we were younger because i've got wi-fi i've got my buddies we play call of duty till four in the morning Young there's, love can be so glorious, other... though. It's hard to imagine that they're... You were just they're... saying men are at the mercy of their hormones at that age. And they live, though, but they live in this kind of, what do you call it, post-MeToo world, you know? Well, uh, I, was, I was hormonal. The messaging it. is a lot different Yeah. now than it was when we were younger. Uh, this whole question of, like, can you compliment a girl? On her looks. And we're we're adults with are fully grown brains. These are moronic teenagers that don't know which end is up yet. Yeah. I don't know how that's really affecting them. I wonder. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, On one hand, there is this effect that happens. There's probably a name for it. If I get a compliment on my looks, I can relax because then I'm not thinking about how I'm being perceived looks wise. Like if someone's like, Hey, that shirt looks you that shirt looks great on you. You look great today. I'm like, oh, okay. I can relax. I don't have to worry about how I'm being perceived visually and let's get down to business of having fun. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's a I really did I feel like the generation we grew up in was so fucked up with the female like teenage body image and stuff i don't know how i i don't know how it would be today hmm. and for your boys a little healthier it seems to be generally generally speaking like there's just with more awareness more information like the yeah. fact that conversation that you had with that woman who does classes for young yeah. for girls you know to to discuss sexuality and you know getting their first period and things like that. The fact that it's, it's, it's an open dialogue, right. you know, or that a, such classes even exist, you know, that that's a thing now. Yeah. That is an option. Nice. Yeah. It's out there. Definitely right. empowerment and, uh, all things with consent and all that stuff too. Did you guys even know anybody who was open with their parents when you were younger? Was that, that just wasn't the way th- things were when I at least not that I knew of you know I did not know anyone well there was you know like the guy who said hey Marcos my friend Marcos uh masturbation's not you know anything to be ashamed of it feels great man do it all the time he had to come to that on his own because we were both Catholic and oh the dialogue you know like you know how we all know how that works it's basically just don't talk about it. And when it is spoken about, it's all suppression. Or mm-hmm. in your You don't need to know. Well, I mean... But, but I... Uh... <laughs> well, wait till you're married. I mean, yeah, stuff like how that. dissatisfying is that? What, what kind of dead end is that? What kind of conversation <laughs> killer is that for a guy who's just... Or a young woman, for that matter, who's starting to have urges and is told like, well, wait a decade or longer... Maybe yeah. some undisclosed oh time before you can officially even consider <laughs> satisfying that 
urge. Oh, in the meantime, yeah. Let's not discuss You were in it. my house? How, how did you know let's this? Not you grew up in my it. house, dude? Because it's sinful to even think about it. Good exactly. Yeah. Good luck for yeah. the next 10 years. Oh, my God. And then you God. go, well, I hope the first girl I'm with doesn't know how ignorant I am. You're, you're, you're already starting in a hole there. You're like, not only are you ignorant, you're, it's, been, you sh- you, it's been made shameful. And so you're dealing with all that, too. <laughs> I had it's such a turn on when the guy you're with is like, I'm so ashamed of myself. I'm so ashamed of myself. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always like to see my lover crying. Right? Was, exactly. <laughs> Weeping openly. The, I, I might go to hell for this. And we, wondering how today's young man is, is kind of dealing with today's young lady, young woman. Reminded me of uh, college orientation at Eau Claire, where it was just a full day of seminars and lecture halls about date rape. And it was, I just, and I was one of those kids that was there with my parents. There was a lot of cool kids that were just there by themselves, but I was sitting there with my, I was sitting there with my parents. What were your parents doing there? That's the worst. I don't, but that's, but. That's how I grew up, though, is like, well, we go with Danny to orientation. It's just how, you know, like, yeah, there wasn't a thought not to. It was not anymore. That's well, maybe some parents do. And it was eight hours of date rape of what no means uh, no binge drinking leads to date rape. So all you predators out there. Also frat houses. That was the message we got. Don't go into a frat house. Yeah. And and I'm not playing a victim here or anything, but I was a exceedingly naive 18 when I no, I wasn't even 18 yet at orientation. Hmm. I turned 18 like a day before I left for school. So orientation was earlier in the summer. I wasn't even 18 yet. And it sounds kind of cliche, but I was already getting that message that I'm some kind of I'm some kind of predator, and I'm and I'm looking around like, well, who are all these predators? What, what's what? Are, I like to hold that hands we're talking and about. Listen to Phil Collins. We haven't even come to school yet, or we haven't even. You know what I mean? How puzzling and confusing that was, and like I was shocking, thinking like, imagine. man, I'm about to move out of home and I'm gonna meet girls and all this kind of stuff. And what did I get? Eight hours of stuff about date rape, uh, and no means no. Of course, yes, I slid over that, but yeah, uh, no means no. Was this is nineteen ninety one? You know, the hmm. summer of nineteen ninety one. So, yeah, the way that's framed is those are not, both, and not then I great for the male kind of. And then I lived in dorms and went to house parties and saw every kind of debauchery. <laughs> there can be and i saw it go both ways i saw women gang opening their, well opening themselves up to danger oh you know like getting wasted and being at the mercy of a basement full of guys doesn't matter and i didn't see i you know i didn't see the, the i mean how you say gangbang activity it doesn't matter because the guys should be gentlemen mm. no matter what how drunk she is but I saw some things that made me wonder, like, hmm, I wonder if she got home or, you know, 
Ah. Uh, and here I'm again, I'm just a kid. I'm just a dumb kid. Yeah. Uh boy. Scary. So That's kind of scary. There was orientation and there was everything they told you. And then there's what happens when you get a bunch of 18-year-olds in a basement with a keg. Yeah. It just becomes Lord of the Flies down there and in a strange way. Well, I don't know how much is different now. There's so much education about consent now. True. And women, the with the empowerment of women, I think you have young women who are probably stronger, more confident, willing to set boundaries and say, no, don't want to do that right. now, and we're not going to. You, you know, would hope a, so. Yeah. But drinking is still an issue where I know that there's some foggy territory where you're, if you're drunk, if one person's drunk, over the limit drunk, and the other person's interested in having sex and not as drunk, and they're like, do you want to have sex? And the super duper drunk person is like, yeah. And then after they do it the next day, the super duper drunk person is like, I didn't want to. I was super drunk. You took advantage of me. Is that rape? Oh, good Lord. This is taking. We don't have to answer that question. But I'm saying in the classes now that are being taught, they give scenarios like that. They're like they don't just present it as date rape looks like. This scenario, it's like any number nowadays, it's like any number of ways that you can take advantage of a person. And it's not just dropping a roofie in their drink. There's lots of subtleties. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. More sophisticated. It's a more sophisticated approach. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to walk people through a number of different scenarios Mm -hmm. that are maybe a little more nuanced and like likely to happen. Or you might encounter that scenario more than like, look, I'm not the kind of guy who drugs women. Yeah. So this doesn't apply to me. I'm tuning out completely. Right. But it could very, very well happen that you're with a woman who's not using great judgment and you know that she's beyond that point. But you're a horny, kind of buzzing young person yourself. You know, do you have the character at that point in your life to say, she might regret this tomorrow. I'm going to not only impose, you know, control myself, but I'm going to exert self-control for her. Yeah, right. Because you can't. That's a big ask, I think, for a lot of. It is, but it's one that. It's not too much to ask. It, it's it's kind of essential if we're really going to stop people from fe- having like sexual trauma, for sure. I didn't mean to suggest when sa- saying that's a big ask that it's oh, not. like it's too much. Too it's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but there's probably still some work that needs to be done mm. there because, um. Yeah, as evolved as my son's generation is compared to mine. Yeah. Still pretty capable of doing dumb, immature stuff. stuff. Yeah. Well, that's alcohol is a problem with that because you do not, your judgment is impaired. You know? You're already poor judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're. (laughs) Right. Your already poor teenage judgment is also impaired. (laughs) Yeah. And. 
whatever situation you're in, you don't even know how you got there half the time. Hmm. It's like and a, then to be there and be faced with, yeah, well, it's been going on as long as there's been people, I suppose. Yeah. And it just keeps it, it evolves, I suppose. And I don't know. This is where we seem to be now. And what were our what will our kids' kids? Will it kind of bend back the other way? Be a little more smoky in the bandity and a little less. And I've got well, a, me too. I don't know why it's smoky in the bandit, but <laughs> I've got a question. Cool guys in fast cars and big nine mustaches to five. and nine to five uh, with a little more Stabby Mr. Hart. Coleman and <laughs> the three and secretaries. I've got a question. Just how? Hey, sweetie, can you get me some coffee? Hey, honey. There's a question in my mind between how, like the anti, if I may switch, just to the it's it's permitted runs on the same principle, but that is the anti-bullying campaign that was rolled out in schools for my kids mm. in that generation that didn't exist during mine. My, res- I feel like I, I, I understand the, the impulse to try and do these preventative campaigns and, and in a sense, it's like trying to accelerate the maturity level of these young people to say, Hey, turn the other cheek, you know, when you're getting, or, or be, be, be considerate beyond your years and stop making insensitive jokes about the girl who's overweight and things like that, you know, to, to try and lecture kids Mm -hmm. into an advanced level of maturity always felt a little futile to me. On some level, like hmm. you're talking above your crowd to a degree here, and it's it's a little it it it's almost um, I'm not saying that you need to protect the innocence that leads to ignorant, mean spirited behavior, but there is also a part of me that feels like you learn through experience, like and people should be allowed to to a degree learn from their experiences. And, and, and you're, and there's something that I kind of resent about adults speaking down from a pulpit to little kids saying, y'all need to grow up and get to this level of maturity and start behaving like, you know, reasonable, super compassionate, mature little people when you're five let's all be six, little adults seven. here like, yeah, let's i think you can here. still be not mm-hmm. mature but also kind and i think it depends on the experiences you present kids with because if you lecture to a group of nine-year-olds about kindness and compassion that's different than having someone who's been picked on talk with a bully and an advocate and like really how do you feel when you are bullied or like, what does it make you feel? What's the experience? And like really having them see what's happening experientially for the other person inside. There's different things that you can do to spark compassion. I don't think lecturing is going to do it, but I also don't think that it's a, that it hinges on maturity. I think you can teach kids really young to try to be, have kindness in their heart. Like you were saying, um, 
helping an elderly neighbor shovel the driveway or something. That's going to demonstrate. That's by example. Yeah, it's going to, but it's a different way of showing humanity. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe a lecture might not do that, but that you're still demonstrating how to treat people. Kids can learn that. I'm not saying that it, it, that it, that it's not a good message mm-hmm. and that it shouldn't be, you know, uh, reinforced maybe at every opportunity. But there's also just a part of me that feels like, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I, I've, I feel in a sense sometimes like those, those campaigns are an overreach a little bit into a space that is like, just let the kids work some things out amongst themselves and, and express their little, their evil little natures or whatever, and then evolve through their own experiences a little bit and not try and be these puppet masters who are like, and you will not use that language and you will not use these words. And this is how we behave. And this is how you should be. And, you know, it's just... Uh, before before you can almost even cool. hold them responsible for their actions. You're... Yeah. They're getting the... They're getting the stick almost before... It's like going to confession they, when we were kids, they you know. They feel like a kid in orientation at school hearing about date rape. Like, hey, I didn't even do anything. Like, what's what's going on here? Yeah. What... what us to us We're having kids. us having to do first confession or first communion. Yeah, bizarre. Before bizarre. we'd committed any really interesting sins yet, but we had to go yeah. in and be like, "Well, to prevent me from going to hell, I'm going to confess that I argued with my sister yeah. to the priest, and he's going to give me this compulsive ritual oh my of God. repeating this prayer twenty times, and then that's going to make me better." Early confession. Oh Do you guys my remember God. racking your brain trying to think of something bad that you did? I lied. Or like, what? Did we already oh, cover this? Yeah. I came up with something. Oh, I had to make to, some to meet the up. occasion because yeah, my own sins didn't feel like they merited. You had to lie in confession about <laughs> what or, your sins were. <laughs> well, I'm not the only one. I've talked to other Catholics who did that too, and then we were like, "Yeah, that's ironic, isn't it?" We were sinning while we were trying to. Cleanse I, ourselves, but I went to a really small church where, like everybody, and our priest. There was two avenues. You could go into the dark boothy kind of thing that had the curtain. Yep. Or you could just go into the sacristy. Face and, to face, baby. And the other priest had the. It was like the lights were on, and he was sitting behind this privacy trellis screen? type thing. You could totally see who everybody was. And I was like, "How is this a? How is this okay?" It was a. So it was a badge of honor. Dark booth. Always go to the dark booth. Oh, if he, I could, he would go into the horrible. Dark. Would he go, "Hello, son"? Well, I was a fucking altar boy. So, like, not only am I a neighborhood kid that he fucking knows. Dan had just finished giving him a hand job. So. <laughs> was he like, "Hello, <laughs> hello, Dan"? I mean, son. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, don't. Don't get me started. Don't no, but what started. what was the the point we were making I is think that we got I'm a lot I'm trying of, to feel what you're saying there of of this your uh, little kids name and age are we saying like 5-year-old kids let's say or whatever just second third graders second third grade kids you're already from 
whichever angle from whosever side you want to look at it, from the kid's side, you're already just trying to learn like play nice, uh, do unto others kind of stuff. Real basic, just the building blocks of like how to relate. Mm -hmm. And increasingly, a little kid like that is just walking into these lectures and catchphrases and things about like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's, if I may make an analogy, it's like when you see a news story about bath salts or something. Who would even know what that is? A lot of times when I see a story like that, I'm like, well, thanks for telling everybody how they can get that now. <laughs> like, I've got a bunch of preteen or teen or over the years, you know, as these phenomena, the Tide Pod thing. Sure. Whatever it is. I hear the story and I go, hmm, nobody in my house slash community even knew about that. And now you're telling everyone how. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Well, and I'm, I'm I'm kind of feeling that in your comments. About I'm not this saying stuff. that it. like my my feeling. It's a little bit of a. It's just an anti-authoritarian reaction to a Atta degree, boy. probably. But I I I I understand that there are some kids that don't have the benefit of a good example at home. And then there's that. Yes. But for those that kind of do like I maybe uh, resent a little bit and feel like it's an overstep on the institution's part of the school's part to try and make decent people out of your kids that's 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 my job as a parent my example is the one that is going to determine ultimately you know and what I expose them to and, and guide what kind of character this person develops and and I don't need you to moralize mm. or I, or try and shape even if i agree with the message like a your tricky, job is to teach them math that's a tricky thing to try to explain here the your feeling about this and right. i'm 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 getting you here yes okay do what do what you can to mold them into good citizens because they spend a lot of time with you and in this institution sure but at the same time like I just, I bristle a little bit at the idea even that, you know, um, that my kid needs that level of uh, almost like condescending instruction. But probably not your uh, kid. It's Or not my kid. It, but they have to go all... to the lowest common denominator because there are so many kids that aren't being taught moral and ethical things at home. So they have a responsibility to at least put it out there hey, this is how you're supposed to treat people. We are a community at this school, and this is how we treat people. These are the basic tenets, mm. we'll say, of treating people in a way where our community will work. Your kid probably doesn't need it, but there's a lot of kids well, that, that need I, it. I'm to, not that arrogant to say that, like, I don't need any help. My kid, I could use all the help I could get with that and that yeah, reinforcement. Like, we've yeah, talked my to, kids are great. It's those other kids. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else's kids. And we've talked about how that's the problem with, with, you know, raising our kids outside of a religious tradition. It's beneficial in all sorts of ways, but we miss the village that comes with that, that helps reinforce some of these positive messages that the church espouses, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, it's not that I'm saying I don't want nobody telling me how to raise my kids or I don't want any help with it either. What you're saying. No, no, disagree. 
Explain it. Disagree. Mansplain it. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, at some point, there's just a, I'm sorry, Dan. No, no, no. The, there's just like, um, it's so, and maybe this is the way you have to pitch things to kids, but like, you're not going to do away with bullying, you know, as it, as it is relate as, as it's just an expression of human nature to a degree. It's something that's always going to exist. People are going to exert their, you know, dominance and power over mm. other people. I've had female bosses that have done it to me. It's a thing that's going to happen in life mm. to a degree. You know, and this this idea that there's this campaign that's going to eradicate shitty human behavior, a utopian by campaign. putting a by by putting a bumper sticker slogan on anti bullying, and you know, it's just it's it um, it it doesn't really account, I think, for 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 human nature to a degree, and and individuality in a way too and like all these variables that they can't really control but they think that this you know it makes them feel better at the end we of the day we gave them a lecture i don't know what's going on are you saying that you think the kids that the mm, what they're trying that kids need a certain level of conflict and pushback because that's human nature they're going to get it all through life and if they don't if they have the idea early on that it doesn't exist or it shouldn't exist, they're going to be worse off later. I, I think we may have hit peak safe space. And at some point, you have to let the kids go out and play at recess. And <clears throat> somebody's going to be a bully and someone's going to get bullied. Yeah, I feel and that. I feel a different way. The And that's how you build and grow and learn and get go, traumatized and you go home and it depends on the person and look it for de- answers it depends on the bullying it depends on the person if someone is particularly let's say someone is getting bullied at home or abused and then they go to school and they're being bullied at school and let's say their teacher is going through a depression so their teacher because i've seen teachers that are abusive Mm. so their teacher is also abusive that's who they're doing these things for for kids that really need Mm. to know bullying is a real thing so they get validated like it shouldn't be happening to you so that they can Mm. hear like you do have a different take on this yeah there's well there's kids that are really suffering out there well i'm not saying you know life is hard tough shit no sympathy for you yeah that's not hey the strongest kid rules this class and that's just how it's I'm gonna be these kids are he's really and truly getting and she's the prettiest <laughs> and that's who's gonna run this class yeah congratulations class you, of 2028 yep you, you've got your alphas now get out of here and let them run your lives and if you don't like it uh you got a problem she's prettier than you <laughs> Next. <laughs> if they like rearrange the desks in order of prettiness yeah. and like handsomeness. You keep acting like that. Alpha's going to kick your ass. Now get out of here. Not alphabetical. We're not. Boob size. I like this though. I like you have That's a different a whole row. angle on That's this. a row. Sure. 
Um, are you saying that this is aimed more so all the super well-raised kids, <coughs> ours, already know, they come <laughs> armed God. with all this. It's the kids who are slipping through the cracks, who have no yes, decent absolutely. family structure, home life, uh, that sort of thing. Right. That this might be the only place they're getting it. Maybe. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Okay. And there are kids that are definitely traumatized at school where they yeah. need therapy because they are being mm. so fucking bullied. I think it happens more now social media wise. Oh, dear. That's where all the really intense stuff is happening versus just, face to face like yeah it doesn't just end when you go home now and all that i wonder how much of it is just my resistance to it is just sour grapes in a sense because i grew up with in a period where it was just like you know fend for yourself boys will be boys that's the saying right boys uh, will be boys and um excuses everything yeah there there is a there is a a tendency that you have to resist that's just a fucking cliche you know like well back in my day we had to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and you know overcome <laughs> adversity and and uh, life wasn't fair and we accepted that and we just dealt with it you know uh and and now everybody's got feelings to consider and it's just a there's a a sort of impatience with like wading into all of that complication because of people having feelings yes and and being so sensitive and asking all of these little developing people to tune into how your actions have all of these consequences on other people emotionally and everything uh it just so didn't exist hmm. in the way that we were raised that i think it 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 almost feels absurd like that's so funny. I am 100% the opposite because my family was you're always thinking about how someone else is thinking, uh, someone else is feeling to the point where your own feelings don't matter. So it's the opposite of like what you're talking about. I was just talking about kind of playground rules and yeah. that environment there was just like, you know, you let fly, you say the worst things imaginable to everybody around and you talk shit and you... <laughs> Smear the queer. You play games with you. You play games. Call things like smear the queer. We all said it. Terrible. Smear the queer. Yeah, I mean that. I don't think it meant queer though. I think it. It rhymes with smear. It rhymes with smear. It wasn't like. Yeah. It had nothing to do with. No. Tackle the homosexual with the football. No, that was not what that meant. Well, it wasn't nice though, and we didn't care. And roughhousing is different than bullying, though. Yeah. I just, I use that name uh, as an example of like, you know, making fun of fat girls and the other things that happened on the playground that I'm not proud of, uh-huh. but that happened. And then over time learned that. How did you learn? Mm-hmm. Was it a good lecture that the school gave you? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> it was a t-shirt that I saw. Somebody had a slogan on a t-shirt a that was like, you, you know what? Yep. Regret. It was Instant. A, a billboard, too. A lot of billboards. It just kind of turned me around when I was. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think what I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm arguing for here, but I think like there's something to be said for allowing people to learn through their own life experience to a degree and not be led around and, 
and I mean, uh, it, uh, I disagree. Yeah. I think they need the education. And you can't educate. But they're already getting so much education. You're in a place where you're told to sit down and shut up for hours at a time. And then on top of that, when you do get a little free time and you want to blow off some steam and be a little animal, well, then you got to be good then too. You just got to be good, 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 good. Now you're getting to the feminization of education. This is how I look at it. Little boys can't sit still for six and a half hours a day. I don't think kids should be sitting still. But they are. So I like the model of uh, where you spend most of the day outdoors and especially for little kids. You spend most of the day outdoors. You're using tools. You're climbing. You're exploring. You're building forts because you are working as a team. That's right. What school do your kids go? That's not. It's an outdoor school. It's like based on a. It's not Swedish. Okay. Other one of these enlightened European countries. It's like kind of Waldorfy. Okay. Deerfield but, Elementary. No. Typical rows of desks. Up and, until age seven, okay. kids should not be sitting in desks at all. They should be moving their bodies and exploring and building things and ex- just getting dirty, playing Breaking with different things. substances like right. sand, mud, wood, stuff like that. So. What I was trying to say, I lost it, and it was going to be about what you were talking about. I don't think kids should be sitting in desks at all. I think that classrooms should be more open. Kids need to move. They are little bundles of energy. Mm -hmm. And to try to get them to sit down and do their work, all their academic work, and everyone's at a different place for what they can do, and it doesn't make any sense at all. And... Even just homeschooling now, my kids can get their work done in an hour and a half. They are at school seven hours a day to get an hour and a half of work done. So are you talking about the school they go to or the your dream school? My dream school is my kid. So my oldest son went to an outdoor preschool okay. and that was kind of what they did was the outdoor no, it wasn't even curriculum. They would walk to the woods. They would explore in the woods. They would build preschool tree four. houses. They had chickens. They would collect eggs. They would rake in the fall, and they would hoe the garden in the spring. They were like outdoors, okay. getting the experience of being outdoors. But my point was, when you're building a community by engaging in tasks together, there's actually a, an elementary school that's a charter school by the Merrimack Ferry that has an outdoor garden and they have llamas and they have um, like a woodshed and they have, they engage, they have like indoor horticulture, like water gardens on the walls and stuff. And they, they grow tomatoes and then they make salsa out of their tomatoes and they are a team working together. I feel like that is how you teach people not to bully because you can't effectively work together if someone's being a dick. Or so, just cage them up and then mm-hmm. throw them out in a playground, loosely supervised. Right. And then tell them to stop being so Right. So why? So it's kind of like the, the, if you if you structure a school properly, the function of the school automatically creates connection and community between the kids so that bull- the other kids will say, "Hey, don't talk to him like that." Or 
we'll never get this work done if you're being a jerk or you know what I mean? Like it's how the school is structured. Am I getting my point across? Do you understand what I'm saying? I think I, yes, I, so I think that's what, what, what I was getting at a little bit too is, is that they're teaching lessons through experience. Yes. A little bit versus yes. Let's roll out the campaign, but in the meantime, the environment that you're all <laughs> right. enduring throughout the whole day mm-hmm. is is borderline kind of intolerable, or it's 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 driving you crazy in all all kinds of ways. It's the difference between and it's doing... just control, 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 control. Yeah, that's and not it's... healthy. But I under I I do think it should be taught. I just think it should be taught in a different way. Through function. And Mm -hmm. I think... Agreed. It's like a diagram of this is how you play basketball versus going out on the court and playing basketball. Right? That's what you're saying. Schools are doing this diagram. They're saying this is how you don't bully and this is how you get along and this is how you... And they like show a chart or a PowerPoint. After the kid has already been (laughs) sitting through (laughs) hours worth of other lectures and things like... Really, you know, the, the... Excellent point that you made about kids get their schoolwork done in an hour and a half, but they're there for eight hours a day. You know, it's really, I think it could be argued, just a f- kind of a a factory of sorts to prepare them for the work day. It's free childcare. F- but it's, it's a 40-hour work week. It's just getting them trained to sit in their cubicle to get people to accept the structure that lies beyond Mm -hmm. school it's not about so much about what you're learning or you know necessarily always developing everyone's potential as humans and that's how public school developed right making people efficient was invented post what post i don't know the history industrial revolution because you had people move off farms rural life there was plenty for kids to do and then when people <clears throat> migrated to cities, it was, well, what do we do with all these kids all day long and enter <laughs> public school? But your ancestors, uh, eighth grade education probably, right? I mean, right. you go back, what, one generation or two even? And you've got, you're at eighth grade education. And then there were at, weeks. Was an adult by the time they were about during eight, harvest 16 time, or so. Things like that. Yeah. 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 And that's, I've, you Somebody's got to chime in here and say they've heard that too, that the public school system was kind of created as a warehouse kids, train them to follow bells and like factory life. Hmm. And, I don't, I don't, I don't like the that? bells. I don't like the pledge. So I don't like 20 minutes to eat because it's really 15 Yeah, minutes. that kind of jacked up stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, like a 16 minute lunch period. You yeah. barely have time to like open your lunch. Yeah. Walk there, pick up the food and sit down and it's already time to Especially dump your tray and get the fuck like out of there. Like kindergartners who are like counting every carrot, bef- you know, be- like putting them on their ears to make like they they're, they're not, not going to eat in 15 minutes. They eat nothing. These lunches come back full. Nothing has been eaten. Wow. Yeah, I li- that's why I like the school that we had, the schools that we had for our oldest and then for our now seven-year-old, we're really great. And part of what I liked about one of the schools was it was project-based. So, and the, no bells, no grades, no homework, which sounds very fluffy. 
but it was really yeah, but for a certain age. Like, let's be honest. It was really the they don't ki- know what's going on. The kids on. Like, leading the learning. So it was like, what are you interested in? Let's take a vote as a class. Spiders, rockets, leaves. All right. Spiders won. So then they would do a unit about spiders. But the kids would like lead. And they had a certain amount of time management that they handled themselves. So when you're talking about ring the bell, follow, you know, Pink Floyd, the wall type, follow in line, march in place, one class to another, straight line, don't touch, military type right factory stuff so that to me is really what i was so afraid of in public school and um it's true they do it to keep order but i don't think it's good subconscious um because when you get out of school if you are a project-based kind of worker Mm. like i am if i do a 40-hour work week structured nine to five in an office i get so immediately clinically depressed that I can't function. So I think there's a lot of people like that and antidepressants are very popular. Well, and what, what, what do a lot of kids learn really fast in school that they hate school? Uh huh. That's like by the time they're, and they get angry at authority by the time they're a couple grades in, they're already like, I hate this. And (laughs) it's just now you've only got like, Eight, nine more years of it till you're done. And how many times have you had that conversation? Well, I've got older kids, I guess, but how many times have you had that conversation of just like, yes, I know you're never going to use this. It's just trying to see if you can rise to a challenge, mm-hmm. learn some rules, bang out some problems, and then you go on to the next unit. You'll never do this again. You'll never solve an equation with multiple variables ever again in real life. Well, that's the toughest part about working within a system. It's so stupid. We're trying to explain to your kid why they need to get work done within a system based on what the system needs, not based on what they need. And even my 10-year-old is like, why do I have to show them my work? I understand it. I know what I'm doing. Why do I have to provide evidence of it? And I'm like, great question. Because if you get it wrong, the teacher has to be able to look at your work and see where you blew it. Yes. And that always goes over great, right? They're always like, oh, now I understand. Yeah, I'd be happy to show my work. It's going to be super organized. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> same push and pull. Just... It's one thing to, I think we should say, like you did, you were offering an alternative, which is good. Like I've seen these alternative project base, you know, collaborative sort of child-led alternatives but you know there's the expense of customizing education like that what's the workable alternative to the machine in a sense and if you don't have an all god like solve society well because school if if school is reflecting kind of the problem also with the workplace that you were getting at like uh, I know, would say homeschooling is a of, pretty good option, but homeworking is becoming an option now because of the pandemic and people are like, do I really need to, we could, we could segue into that or talk about that a little Cause bit. Cause that, but if you have homeschooling, then you have to have available adults and that would mean America would, would have to restructure so that if in any partnership, one income would be enough for an American 
decent living. And for most people, it's not. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't mind the, the idea of getting help with a, you know, like having teachers who have gone through training, you know, to teach and, and that being their craft and their profession, the division of labor is what we're talking about. Like I, on some level, I wouldn't do away with the division of labor necessarily. I still want to butcher, for instance, to, you know, grind my hamburger, uh, for me. So I don't have to get my hands bloody, uh, which is a little bit like teaching your own child, I would think. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds, you know, for my temperament, like I can handle the supplemental education of taking them to museums mm. and exposing them to Thelonious Monk and, you know, talking to them about, you know, fringy subjects that aren't already covered in school, in a sense. The but things that I wouldn't want to have to t- t- slog through some curriculum the, about. Yeah. Ugh. Teachers are super valuable, enough. incredibly valuable. And the things at the school that I love that the teachers did really well. These are the things that school did for my kids. They helped them find their voice. They empowered them. They helped them get excited about learning and they helped them feel a part of a community. They helped them understand that they were powerful and that they could give back like in through service projects and things like that. And then they exposed them to the culture, the greater cultural environment that they lived in. The school is in a college town. So of course they're going to go to the museum and they're going to go see the theater and they're going to go to the arboretum and they're going to like in the Indy 500. <laughs> So that, to me, is the function of a good school. It's not the academic stuff. It's how do you live life? How do you feel good about yourself? What are your interests? And when you find an interest, let that spread out like a spider web so that you can learn. Um, That's how a lot of homeschooling works. If you find it, you have a kid that's super interested in robotics, then you learn math from that. You learn science from that. You go out in the community. You meet other people that are building robots. You, it's sort of like you everything. Watch the entire stems, Terminator franchise with your children. You make a YouTube channel talking about your interest in robotics, and then you learn tech. So it's like everything stems from the child's interest. It goes out from there. Except a child's interest can be fickle. Well, you have to stretch and push boundaries and edges. Like if if a kid is only ever interested in ninja legos nothing else you have you mean ninjago ninjago right i'm so sorry ninjago ninjago and they don't they don't want to do any pe and they don't want to or they're really interested in ninjago for like two weeks and then they're not (laughs) anymore yeah so then you would be teaching stay to itness so are you solving the school system now are you talking about your dream (laughs) school again or is yeah. this something that's really happening somewhere? No, it happens at a, there's a, pr- a private school in Madison that d- there's lots of private schools that do it that okay. way. And homeschoolers sometimes it's do it that way too. It's just not affordable for your average citizen. And right. Well, and it's But there's charter schools the that exception. do it. And there are some public schools that do it too. I and I don't want to discount that. My mom worked in education for like 
40 years or something. So she saw a lot and she saw a lot about what didn't work as a system. And so a lot of when you hear me talk, it's because I'm biased against even though I love what teachers do, they work hard, harder than anyone can fathom. Can you imagine keeping 25 kids? Well, everybody's finding out right in now. line and yeah. all trying to do the same thing for eight hours. It's a nightmare. No, never. I would never. I thought I was going to be a teacher. <gasps> I would have classroom. Yeah, that's when I left high school. I You'd thought I was going to be a teacher. I could see you as a high school teacher. I would have murdered everybody. <laughs> First day by nine fifteen, handcuffs. I would have been escorted out of there with blood on my by hands. By nine fifteen, you know what would have killed you? Study hall. You would have well, been in charge of a study hall, and you would have been that's, kicking people out left and right. That's that's fun to say and everything. I have no idea how I actually would have done, but I I don't know. I just I just I'm not seeing it. Me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your end. Different scandal flow for one tap into a bobbin head. Any signal coming back on the same man for freaking frequency wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial that's your performance. It's commercial free. It's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Gotta make and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Gotta make what I need to do. Less is more, more is what I'm telling you.